Magazine to three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Osmond steps into a long-distance jumper. Allen to the bucket. He crushes it home. Off the Garland for three. He knocks it down. Drummond toward Valanciunas. Finds a cutter in a Coro, and a Coro thunders it home. By Kyrie. Sexton got it back. Nance for the tie. He knocks it down. Long hands it off the Sexton feed. Cavaliers by seven. And uh, Cleveland! This is for you! Hey, Chris Manning here from Locked on Cavs, joined as always by my co-host, Evan Damerel. Evan, what's up, buddy? Uh, no, not a whole lot. It's Friday. Uh, it's a little cold outside, but I'm glad to be back on Locked on Cavs, the first podcast ever with human voices. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. So we actually have some news, trade deadline focus to cover. Uh, Sham Sharani of The Athletic had a, a primer for the trade deadline. It's th- three weeks away, th- a day under three weeks if you're listening to this on Friday. Uh, basically, the, there's three bits of news. Uh, one that is sort of you can read between the lines and Castro to react to. That involves Larry Nance. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about the four untouchables that Shams listed, which tracked with what I think what Evan and I have heard. That is both members of Sexland, Isaac Okoro, and Jared Allen. And then there's Andre Drummond. So we're going to start with Andre Drummond. One of the, the man, the myth, the legend himself. The content Andre creator. Drummond. Social media influencer. My almost tattoo, Andre Drummond. I just want Andre to get like the Gymshark or like a fitness apparel brand sponsorship and really just complete this full circle. But uh, so he, he, according to Shams, we, we knew about Serrano. The Bulls are a new team in this discussion, saying they've, they're they interested in him. Evan, when I thought about this, I, I when I did my little run through the list, this was not a team that I necessarily was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. But I thought about it. You and I were texting about this and kind of discussing it. I don't, like, hate this. And I, I think there's a way that this can make some sense for both sides. I, I think the question really becomes, like, okay, is this something where the Bulls view this as, as like, a trial for this year and maybe next year, like, on a one-year deal? Something that our, our friends at Lockdown Bulls were talking about on their show. Um, th- there's there's interesting ways this could work out. I, I But I'm, I'm intrigued. I'll say that. I am definitely intrigued with Andre Drummond going to Chicago. And it does make a little sense because – Wendell Carter Jr. has been a little banged up. I think he's better suited as a four instead of a five in Chicago's offense and just in the NBA in general. And I think Larry Markkinen being on the way out, maybe Chicago takes a stab at Drummond, they get him in-house, and maybe they send him to a cheaper deal because behind Wendell Carter, they have Luke Cornett, and then they also have Cristiano Felicio, which aren't really world beaters at the five, their depth. But, you know, Chicago could always improve on the position. And I think they have an expiring contract. It'd be a little goofy to swap an expiring for an expiring. But if the Cavs really wanted to get creative with it, they could send Andre Drummond and Jetty Osmond for. Otto Porter Jr. and Tomas Sadoransky, and I think that's a trade that honestly works for all parties involved. Maybe Cleveland's able to finesse a second-round pick via New Orleans, which Chicago possesses out of this trade, but I have my doubts there. But I think this would be a log- not, it would be a different trade spot. I think there's more teams that are just waiting for Andre to be bought out because of how mammoth his contract is, but Chicago would be interesting, and Andre could kind of keep collecting the Central Division jerseys. It's like the pieces of Exodia. This is... um. He's got the two arms, and now he's going to get one of the legs in Chicago. And then Milwaukee's the body, or the head of Exodia, and then Indiana's the other leg. So, yeah, maybe Andre Drummond keeps his Central Division tour going. 
we've, I can't believe we made a Yu-Gi-Oh reference on the pod. Like we've talked a lot about a lot of nerdy things on the show, but the Yu-Gi-Oh is a new Do you one. remember when Weevil Underwood threw those cards off the side of the ship? I felt that so hard for Yugi, and more so how ridiculous the fact is that Yugi's grandpa went into a coma because Seto Kaiba tore his blue eyes white dragon in half. Like literally went to a medically induced coma and then was banished to the shadow realm because Kaiba tore a piece of paper in half. <laughs> Anyways, Andre Drummond Mater- in Chicago is materialism <laughs> concept. But no, I, I I don't know how I feel about this from Chicago. I guess if you do this, it maybe signals that you're really out on Wendell Carter Jr. If you're just I mean, he's been hurt a lot. Well, they're out on Laurie Markinen. Yeah, and but I mean I think him and Drummond play different positions. Like I, I think this to they me do. would say more about Wendell than it would um uh, than it would this and I, I listened to Lockton Bulls and one of the things they were talking about is like the Bulls have really leaned a lot on the young guys in the starting lineup and let them play through mistakes and things and then the second unit has been where their veterans have really come in and shine and made those units really effective. So um, I, I think that is just would this market change for them? Like, I, I can't imagine you, Drummond's going to be chill coming off the bench in that kind of situation. Um, I would be surprised by that. Uh, I, but I, he I think he wasn't okay with it in Cleveland, so why would he be okay with it in Chicago? Well, and I, I think Chicago would be good for him just playing with Levine, um, you know. And that, but I think from the cast perspective, I think the Sato part of this, the Thomas Sadoransky part of this, would be interesting because. We just talked about how they need a, a backup point guard. And I think if you could mm-hmm. get him out of there, I, I think Jetty's kind of clearly, you know, out of the out of the plans right now. Maybe, you know, you could argue if that contract was ultimately, like, not worth giving or not if you weren't sure on him. But, you know, it's at least tradable at this point. Um, I, I think that can make some sense for everyone. I don't know how – I don't think Sadoransky is a guy they should be particularly overly tied to. But even if you, even if you can't do that, I think just – if you can at least get your second, like a second round pick back and do the flip the expirings. And then like, I, I think you can live with that. I think that's better for everyone. If you, if you can ultimately do that. Um, I, again, I don't know if how detailed Chicago's interest is. Um, I, I, we so again, this is going to come rapidly. We'll see if this kind of comes out of nowhere again, like it did for Cleveland last year, but it's another team on there. And I, th- I think that it's one of the situations where just because of that auto Porter contract, the mechanisms of this make a lot of sense. No, it really does make a lot of sense. And let's talk about it, the casting. We did talk about Tomas Sanarensky and the Eastern Cleveland population, Eastern European Cleveland population, excuse me, just rejoicing the fact that they finally don't, they don't get Luca, but they get somebody. And I think Sanarensky slots in beautifully alongside either Colin Saxon, Darius Garland or next to them in general, because he can play one through three. Uh, he's a bigger guard who can handle the rock. And I think that's just something the Cavs desperately need. Even if Delhi comes back, Delhi is probably going to be super cooked because he hasn't played in a while. And he looked pretty cooked last year when he was playing, but Otto Porter is a lot of fun too. Um, I don't know if he's been really banged up for this year, but I've always liked Otto Porter's game. I think he's a little overpaid for what his production is right now, but I think he would be a nice addition for the Cavs, especially because we're about to talk about the wings in the next segment that are available. If like, let's say Jetty Osmond goes or Torian Prince goes, or both of them go, the Cavs are going to have a little bit of a need other than Dylan Windler and Isaac Okoro to address that depth issue. And Otto Porter does a lot of that. And, um, he could start, come off the bench. It just depends on his health availability. And maybe JB leans on him a little bit as a starter. And I think it just makes Cleveland better. And it also just doesn't hurt to have too many adults in the room, like you always say, Chris. Well, and I, I think another wing play is never bad. I don't know how healthy he is. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be good anymore, but I, I, I get it in theory. And for Sato, like, this is a, a guy that is, he's going to, he's 29 um, right now. He will turn 30 um, before next season. 
uh, making $10 million next year with the last year of a three-year $30 million contract he signed with the Bulls um, after starting his career in, in Washington. So um, interesting, interesting little consideration. That last year also, mind you, only has a $5 million guarantee according to basketball reference um so you know if it, things did go wrong you could you could jettison him and, and save a little money that way but i don't i wouldn't expect that to happen barring a an injury of some kind but i'm into this i i will keep monitoring the drumming situation we'll keep monitoring where this is going the, the i'll just say lastly again the mechanisms of this because of this out of porter expiring contract it's much easier to do this than Toronto or, or any of the other teams that we've kind of speculated about in terms of them having to cobble together salary to get Drummond's number. Just one of these weird situations where Otto Porter exists, doesn't fit there. Drummond exists, doesn't fit there. Maybe there's something to be done here for both teams, especially because I would feel like the Bulls would have a little more incentive to make to try out Drummond versus uh, some of the other teams that the Cavs might be able to trade with just because they're trying to compete and they, they could use an upgraded center. Yeah, no, I fantasize about Andre Drummond back in Chicago. Mercy, mercy, me, that mercy Alago. That's me the first year that I blow. How do you say broken Spanish? Me no hablo. Chris, speaking of me no hablo, you know how you can make some money real quick? And, and with sports, nonetheless? Uh, to our friends at Bet Online. So, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. There's a big UFC card this weekend as well. Idriel Adesanya going against Jan Blakowicz, Blakovich, I believe it is, um, over in, in the UFC this weekend. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. As you all know, Evan can't wait for Bachelor in Paradise. There are not. real updated odds, props, and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, and get 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON. And let me tell you about the Locked On Today podcast. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Big Ben is back in yellow and black. Is that a good thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I'm going to say no. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Lockdown Today podcast. Subscribe to Lockdown Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Evan, we're back. Let's dive into another topic here. Let's talk about the Untouchables. Oh, okay. We're not. We're, I have some questions about wings for you, so we'll say that for the last. Oh, segment. okay. No, no, no. Because I think this. Let's, let's let's go with the wings. Let's go. Hit me. So, do you consider boneless wings a chicken wing or no? Um. Yeah. I do too. I know people like to call them chicken nuggets drowned in sauce, but I consider them chicken wings with less of the mess and all the taste because I don't like messy hands when I eat. It's just one of my biggest no-nos. Like, like you know how Tom Haverford has his own no-nos. My own no-no is like getting crap all over my hands when I eat food. I don't. I don't like feeling gross when I eat. But wings that are available for the Cavs, per Shams, per Shams Charania, Torian Prince, and Jetty Osman are available on the trade market. Chris, are you surprised that either of these two are available? I'm not. No, I, I think, look, I, I think Jetty, Jetty is, as we've talked about a lot lately, um, is a, as a guy that has things on paper and in theory that you really like and just hasn't played very well and is all over the place in the court right now. And I, I think I think it makes some sense. I think he's on a pretty cheap contract and everything, but I think you're probably finding a way to kind of skirt away from that at some point it would seem i think you know i th- I think he's not developed in the way you would sort of hope if he was like 
10% more under control as a as a playmaker and in what the Cavs are doing now I would pretty much feel very much better about him but he's just he's just kind of not even though he's like turning the ball over less and things um compared to his previous years I just don't feel like he's developed and as that secondary tertiary creator that you sort of hoped he, I at least kind of thought he might and had a chance to be when he when he came over from Turkey I think both these guys make some sense. I don't know where the best fits for either of them are. Um, I think Jetty getting into a, a more defined structure would do him a lot of good. I think any guy at his level, it just makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I think for Torian Prince, I, I don't know. I, I, his $15 million is makes him a little harder to trade certain places, but I think he could help a playoff team. I think he's a, that kind of a caliber of wing. It, it makes all the sense in the world. I think these are guys that you should be looking to maximize your value out of. And again, like we're, we're, we have a mailback question in our very fun mailback episode that's coming next week about playoffs versus draft stuff. And like these, these are guys that if you're trying to make a real playoff push, you'd probably be more reluctant to to mess things up. But I, I think you should be trying to maximize your value and, and add to your stockpile of picks in some way. I mean, all that stuff could come in handy. I mean, what if you get in a situation in the draft where like, you, the, a team doesn't want to pick high and you want to get up and get someone like maybe this is something where you get that extra ammunition to get up there and get the guy that you kind of want in that draft if you want to be aggressive in that way yeah no i absolutely agree in that regard i think with jetty i wonder what teams would be interested in him teams that have structure i think the clippers would be a fun destination for him i think the bucks would be fun for him i just think of teams that do not have to rely on him so much and how erratic he is especially in terms of perimeter scoring but could use an additional boost in terms of perimeter scoring like a lot of contenders make sense in that regard but i also just don't really know who would want him because of how erratic and wild he is but i'm sure there's teams that are interested in him torian meanwhile i get why i wonder maybe if he asked kobe like hey could you trade me or could you try and find a trade that works for me because let's be frank he was on the brooklyn nets before the james harden trade that was a title threat with kyrie irving and kevin durant he had a good thing going in brooklyn and i'm sure he's not like obviously the player he once was at atlanta but he still can play defense he can score he can show uh contrary to what justin rowan says that he's not washed up anymore and um i think there are going to be some interesting teams in him but i don't know if the market's going to be super heavy for him just because he has two years remaining on his contract but i wonder maybe next year closer to next year's trade deadline there'll be more teams lining up for him because of that expiring contract of his but i'm interested to see what would happen but chris in terms of other players that are available this is no surprise either but shams outlined the fact that javel mcgee is available and this is no surprise for either of us and i still think it's wild to me that the nets just haven't pulled a trigger for javel because he makes so much sense in brooklyn brooklyn he makes all the sense in the world in brooklyn um i think any team that just needs another center body is kind of like a a guy who makes sense, and I think particularly teams in the Eastern Conference that just want to have some fouls to, to combat Joel Embiid, I think it just frankly makes makes a lot of sense, and JaVale's going to contribute in a positive way to your locker room environment and everything like that. Um, wouldn't shock me if all three of these guys plus Drummond are moved by the deadline, if the Cavs roster looks a little wonky and, and it were to kind of reorient ourselves, and, and that that's, again, that's another thing, like if that happens, the way the Cavs kind of playoff push could kind of work could get really interrupted by a flow if they're trying to reintegrate a bunch of stuff without practice time and things like that's just another reason why i'm a little skeptical of of a real playoff push because i don't think the continuity of the team is necessarily going to be there in the way that we that we understand it right now um I think one of the other things, Evan, that I just think about is like i i think that this is firmly the right play to be all in on trying to capitalize what you can get back i really yeah. really do i just don't see the benefit of 
trying to not to like clutch your pearls on and on this stuff and like yes like maybe would you you have to find probably another wing next year if you trade Torian Prince because like and, and Jetty because you're removing these two guys from your rotation yes you're going to get worse in the short term but you you know not only you're going to open up a little bit of flexibility financially in some ways maybe you're getting a player back that you don't necessarily hate um like again like I'm, I'm gonna have to surf around and see if there's any kind of trades that can make some sense but I think I think there are def- you could definitely find some ways to to acquire players that are useful to you um and acquire players that are, that are helpful to you and Maybe they're a little more expensive than you would like. Maybe they're, you know, not like wart free, but I think you see how teams that are in the Cavs sort of market reality um, that there's just going to be ways you can compete that way. And I think you just got to get creative with it. And it, this, how they approach this, I think, will tell us a little bit more about how Kobe Altman actually thinks about this stuff. Because again, I still maintain that we don't know very much about what his philosophy is. And this is, this is going to be some insight into it, I think. Well, I can say for one thing for sure, Kobe Altman is a confident general manager in his vision for this team. But Chris, you know what can bring you some confidence in the bedroom? Our friends at Blue Chew. This episode of Locked On Cavs is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form that is at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of erectile dysfunction and help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the show. Let me also tell you about the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Locked On Fantasy Basketball is hosted by Josh Lloyd. And when you need reliable fantasy basketball advice, it's important to have a reliable source. That's Josh Lloyd. More people trust Josh, host of Locked in Fantasy Basketball, than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, last segment here, Chris Manning, Evan Damerell. We're going to talk a little more about trades in the Untouchables um, in the Cavs locker room. Evan, I want to tell you one trade real quick that works for uh, Torian Prince. I don't, this is just like fine up the trade machine real quick. Are you ready for this? It's a one for one player trade. The Cavs would get back probably like a second round pick or something. Mm-hmm. Torian Prince for Kelly Olynyk. Oh, friend of the pod, Alona Porat is raging right now. <laughs> Kevin, uh, Kevin just, Love's shoulder just winced in pain. Just saying, that's one of the things that works, and they kind of need it to does. like try for a Jay Crowder-esque replacement. And I don't think Torian's that, but you can at least try. Yeah, uh, I think Torian cares more about basketball than Jay does. But, um, no, I think that's a really good trade, honestly. If you can finesse a second-round pick out of Miami, I think that's even better. But Kelly Olenek would make a lot of sense, especially if they do trade JaVale and if they do trade um, Andre as well. And Jarek just kind of has nobody behind him at that point. I know... I'm very high on, I think Marquise Bolton is still with the Canton Charge, so he could still, still technically be called up by Cleveland, I'm pretty sure. But um, 
in a COVID world. I don't know if that really works. So Kelly Olenek, the clinic, uh, clinic is in the sense that he tore out Kevin Love's shoulder again. Um, that, that'd be a good trade. I think Miami's looking to move on from him. Uh, I still question Pat Riley's team building at times, and I think maybe last year's bubble run was a bit of a fluke for Miami, but they really need to get back into the swing of things because Eric Spolster deserves better than this. Yeah. All right. So let's dive into the untouchables. So there's the four untouchables that I think makes all the sense in the world. Garland, Sexton, Okoro, Jared Allen. You're 22 and under core, right? Like that. that's the timeline. Yes. I think the name that people raise their eyebrows at when he's not included in that is Larry Nance Jr., who has tweeted that he wants to retire Cavalier, right? Yes. Who has deeper connections to the franchise that are organic in a way that you can't really replicate, and it would, I, I think, the the Browns-focused the Browns focused Cleveland sports fan would probably, like, lose their minds a little oh, bit. If It's a PR disaster for the Cavs to trade Larry Nance, but to be fair to Larry, it's a compliment from what I've gathered, but his a lot of teams have been calling quite a bit asking for his availability so he's very good he's before he got hurt he was putting together his best all-around season taking a lot of threes playing really good defense very under i think he's just improved a lot over the last couple of years um i think they would have to like get a lot to trade him i think they would have to just get so much that it's like like an overpay for that other team. And I don't know exactly how to define that, but it'd probably be like a couple firsts, like two a firsts. Couple. Okay. I was going to say, I guess a couple is two, two, but yeah, but I, I like, I think, I don't know. I, I think if I'm me and I'm the, I'm deciding this as like a Cavs decision maker, I don't know if like you sh- if it's worth it to like get like a, what is it going to be like a mid to late first round pick for him? Like, I don't think you're getting like, something that is going to help you as much as he does. I don't think you should just kind of remove all the structure out of your team. I think he should kind of be built in with with what you're kind of trying to do here in some ways defensively in terms of helping some things move along correctly. I think he's a guy that's going to help your development, and he seems happy. Like, right, gets, I don't think he's, like, chomping at the bit to, to like, go play in the Lakers again or something. But mm. He'd be good in L.A. He'd be so <laughs> good in L.A. He, he, the thing, he'd be good on every team is the thing. And I think yeah. if you especially put him in – in either LA team on the Bucks on um on Phil like him next to Embiid as like a Tobias Harris like sub in would be like really would be really interesting. Him on him and him on Denver is like the four next to Jokic. Incredible. He'd be amazing in that role. Mm-hmm. All these situations he'd be really good at. I, I his contract is so cheap that I understand like teams being like this is like a really good chance for us to get a good player on a cheap deal for the next two years and and let it ride. But I I think you, they'd have to get blown away, and I, I'm pretty sure that they would have to get a a, a contract, a, a, a package that is a lot to trade Larry. But in terms of like roster building, and in terms of like what you're trying to do here, I get why he's not. I think it's right that he's probably not like pure untouchable, even if I don't like, even if like talking through it is a little bit like not very fun. Yeah, it's kind of icky to talk through the idea just because Larry is synonymous with Cleveland. He quite literally gets us. I I hate that cliche with Cavs players and fans sometimes but like Larry Nance really does get what it's like to be a Cavs player and like I tell people this all the time like the our bosses at WKYC and like out of all the Cavs players Larry Nance is like the most normal human on the entire roster like he just likes to watch the Browns he likes to go do stuff around town on the weekends he hangs out with his family and just like gets it just because he's from here so like I said yeah it'd be a PR nightmare if the Cavs traded him but I do think it'd be remiss of Cleveland as well not to consider any trade offers as well for him like I don't think it's ideal but 
it's also just good management of the team because of a good offer like let's say like you said it's two first and let's say one of the first is in 2021 i think the Cavs would have to consider that i know larry is like on a steal of a contract in terms of his production but i think the Cavs could get something pretty handsome for him if they did want to trade him but i just don't think it's going to happen and like you said a lot of contenders would be really really good with him um we talked about Miami for Torian Prince. Larry would be so fun in Miami next to the Buttman and um, Bam Adebayo. Like, that'd be such a fun little trio right there. And, like, I don't know. Like, Larry Nance Jr. is kind of falling in that Chris Middleton vein with, for me where if you could copy and paste him on any roster, you'd just actively improve all 29 rosters in the NBA if you could do that 29 times. So... Um, in terms of the untouchables, though, not surprised by any of those either. I think those are just, it's smart to keep your 22-year-old players in-house and under control because they're on cheap, cost-controlled deals, and you kind of want to see what the potential play is for all of them. Sexton, you have a more clear idea out of the three of them, or the other four, maybe Allen as well, but Allen still has a little bit of untapped potential, I think. I think Sexton's starting to hit a little bit of like his stride of what we know what he is, but... Garland and Okoro are still a bit of a mystery box, and I think it'd be foolish if Cleveland the trade hit them. I mean, granted, they're not, like, truly, truly untouchable. Like, again, if the Cavs got a crazy good offer, they'd have to accept it. But um, I don't think the Cavs are really going to be looking to do business for those four, and I think Larry Nance is a close fifth. Yeah, I agree. And then I think, like, Windler's probably sixth in that. Yeah. I think I think um, Boots himself, new boot goofing, is looking pretty good out there, too. And I think... I don't know. Maybe Windler also, if it was like part of a bigger trade, they could maybe move him to get more assets if like it didn't work out. But he is yeah, he's not like back. a deal breaker. No, but I think in terms breaker. of like, but in terms like, there's the clear four you're shopping, and then I think there's like the clear four you're not shopping. Then there's Larry, and then there's probably everybody else. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, no, Dylan's been. If he wasn't looking as healthy and as good as he does now, I think the Cavs would be a hell of a lot more concerned. But. Um, I think all is good right now in the land when it comes to that. But let me propose to you the most offensive Larry Nance Jr. trade I found as we wrap this up. <clears throat> so Cleveland would receive Frank Nilakina, Kevin Knox, Nico Melli, second, two second-round picks via New Orleans. The Nets would get J.J. Redick and a second-round pick via Detroit from the Knicks. The Knicks would get Spencer Dinwiddie, and the Pelicans would get Larry Nance Jr. That is an awful trade. <laughs> Um, can I tell you the team that I know has been interested in him that I I would think would be interesting? Uh, it might be the same team I'm thinking of. Who is it? Phoenix. Oh no, mine's Denver. Denver's been calling a lot about Larry. Yeah, I Phoenix is the Phoenix is the one, and um, I I think like I theoretically I've talked this through theoretically in the past with Brendan Clean from Locked On Suns, and um, it'd be like Jalen Smith and like like maybe gonna get other protected first and i'm like eh, i don't know if that's that's enough for me no i don't think it is either um let's let's the, the denver let's just do the denver one real quick if that would be what gary harris and a pick yeah so like a proposed denver trade would probably have to involve gary harris but the problem is with gary harris it's just bringing back more salaries and gary harris is We've had Matt Moore tell us that maybe he wouldn't be a good fit in Cleveland and because he's been having such like abdominal and core injuries, like those are serious and he's just not been able to bounce back from them. But um I just I don't think um Gary Harris would be a good return for Larry because I don't think the Cavs need another reclamation project right now. They need players that actually can kinda of be conducive to growth and I know like the potential of Gary Harris could be good, but at the same time, if you're going to invest so much in Garland and Sexton, maybe you look elsewhere and save your money when it terms and when it comes to, like your two guard depth. 
yeah, I that's not what I think I how I would prefer to build. I think keeping him as just one of your cords or your team makes much more sense to me. But that's gonna be it. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back tomorrow and uh yeah. Or sorry, we'll be back on Monday with a very fun mailbag episode. But until then, be safe out there, wear a mask when you're out in public and we'll talk to you all on Monday. Lockdown Cavs is your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast covering the latest news, rumors, and game action from the Wine and Gold. You can follow us on social at Locked On Cavs or give us a call and leave a voicemail and we'll answer your questions live at 440-673-3605. If you want to contact the show, email us at LockedOnCavs at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is by going to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and leaving us a five-star rating and review. It's produced and hosted by Chris Manning and Evan Damerl.